three, two, one. Welcome to the Sold to Early Sports Card Podcast, where three consignment services and four new trading card apps have opened to start this intro. That's Kai. I'm throwing shade like it's my job. And I am so excited to have our guest on today, EJ, who's representing the Burbank Card Show, as well as as himself, Dynasty Mode on Instagram. I believe that's correct. Everyone's Instagram name is difficult. I apologize to you. Card Collector 111286. And everyone else who has a similar name, EJ, Kai, how the hell you guys doing? You got it, EJ. Well, I'm good, man. I mean, well, again, guys, big fan of the pod. Uh, for just a quick summary of who I am, guys, I am the executive director for the Burbank Card Show. They gave me that title because I was too busy giving out free tickets to my friends at the last two shows. So now I have to um, I have to play the executive card here and make some money for the company. But uh, but yeah, guys, I mean, I, I uh, on top of the title, I mean, look, our, our team is incredible, uh, you know, and I, I have the fortunate job of not just leading our team but leading some of you dealers and some of you guests that have uh, uh have uh, decided to come to our last few shows and we have a big show in anaheim coming up in a few months uh, at the anaheim convention center and just a quick little spiel about myself i am from the la orange county area so it's somewhat of a dream come true david because my first card show was the national in 06 oh, really? uh, and that was in anaheim so now to be able to host a show out there in anaheim of that size is is uh, nothing short of a dream come true. So it's been incredible. Dude, you offer such an interesting perspective into the hobby too. Because first off, you are a dealer. You obviously buy, sell, and trade cards. But also, this is the first time we've ever, we had a guest on the show where you have such a unique perspective into trading cards because you are actually the one organizing the shows. And you're not organizing some random 30-table show in you know uh, a holiday inn. You're organizing a literal... 1000 table show when you count in corporate sponsors and a two floor uh, two floors of dealers that is fucking incredible and as someone who's been going to your show i came to the first one uh last year in in orange county i don't remember the exact location that the first um holiday in show or whatever where you had yeah. like three or four hours to get in and oh, then yeah, went, that was in burbank yeah that, that was, was in burbank, burbank. You're right yeah dude that was that was the greatest show you could ever hope for because the biggest issue was that people had to wait three hours to get in. That's when you know you're doing something oh. right. Oh, dude, it, it was the wildest thing. And again, for you guys, it was great. Uh, you know, as dealers and and uh, for myself, I, I had the fire marshal there, and uh, it was it was a scary sight because I don't. Are you guys familiar with uh, that dude that uh, uh, Firefest? Are you guys familiar with Firefest? And uh, uh, yes. oh, it's yeah. basically that dude that uh, had, uh, I guess he was he was setting up like one of the craziest uh, concerts of all time and all that stuff and ended up being just a crap Same. show, right? So I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a superstitious person. So the day before the show, I decided to watch the documentary of Firefest um, <laughs> just to kind of like, you know, alleviate myself and be like, I'm not doing that, Kai. Like this ain't happening to me. And sure enough, that oh, Friday... Uh, I get out of my hotel and it is a total shit show of a line. And, and I knew at the national that we outgrew it and I did not want to make that public. I just so much people leading up to the show. And mind you, we, we haven't done a show. There was just a ton of hype about it. Right. And, and the fact of the matter is uh, at the national a month before the show, we were already like plotting leaving Burbank because that was the biggest location in Burbank. Yep. Um, and again, that was, uh, for, for the numbers guys out there, that was just a little under 20,000 square feet. So if you could imagine uh, a total of 15,000 people plus that have came to the show, that is not including our dealers, um, and have paid for tickets and things like that. We wanted to make sure that they were in and, and it was, it's, it was terrible because we didn't have the space. Um, so it was such a scary situation for me up until that Sunday uh, we actually had to close out our tickets for that Sunday just because we didn't have enough bandwidth to uh, have enough people at the show oh my god you actually managed to sell out a Sunday that alone is probably the greatest crazy of uh, any vendor or any show itself and just to continue that conversation too Burbank awesome show crush it the first time then you guys have the opportunity to go to the Ontario Convention Center which was back in February? February. Thank you. 
And right. that show, first off, beautiful location, very nice convention center, actually had security, which I know is a weird thing to say in sports cards. You guys actually had like an ability to have a secure, safe environment for all high-end dealers and, and anyone else who came to the show. Absolutely crush it. And now you're even expanding upon that. Um, I don't remember the square footage correctly. It was like Ontario was like 60,000 and Anaheim now is like 220,000. Like, can you give me the... Right. So, so Ontario, that first floor is just a little under 70,000 square feet, I believe. Okay. Um, and in total with everything, it's around 85,000. Um, now, a little shameless plug here, Ontario will be our first Q, Q1 show uh, for the next couple years. Um, and we'll take or we'll be able to take over the whole bu building. So for, for, oh this, uh, for, for Q1 shows, um, you know, shout out to the city of Ontario. For those of you guys that um, live in California, you guys know that the Inland Empire, there's a lot of dealers out there from the Inland Empire, but there's not one show. There's not even that one small show in the Inland Empire. So the fact that we have a show out there where it's uh, very much looked down upon as far as a location. Um, and it, again, it was just kind of more of an accidental success for us. Now, I will say one thing. We did do it on Super Bowl weekend. Um, and full disclosure, I'm not going to throw my other two partners under the bus, but that wasn't my call. And um, so moving forward, we're not doing it on Super Bowl weekend. And uh, we're excited for that just because of the fact that we have that we just have that interest from the city. And that's probably the biggest thing that I wanted to talk more about in, uh, later on the pod is kind of that relationship with the city and how how you could be able to have that success within running a show within working with the city. Well, not even that too, like beyond the, the, the city itself, the dealers. So for the first show in Burbank, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you were handpicking our, the dealers you wanted at the show because you want to make sure it was such a good experience for everyone involved. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And, and even then we, the amount of pullback that I got from that and just, because if we were to just open it on the website, we already would have technically amongst the three of us, not including the Burbank brand as, as itself, right? Yep. We probably could have filled up around 250, 300 just locally. That's how big the market is in Southern California. And I'm sure some of you guys have heard my partner, Rob, talk more about the epicenter side of Burbank and how he's pretty much thinking that, hey, Southern California is the Mecca, right? And, you know, everyone has um, different uh, different different opinions on where exactly that Mecca is at for sports cards. But the thing is in Southern California, there's weekly shows and these shows are hundred plus tables. Um, and these are some very, very strong shows. And then of course at Burbank, you could buy, sell and trade and they buy pretty much everything. Shout out to Ryan um, and the team over there. So we wanted to make sure, and this was kind of me selfishly, David, because I knew as a dealer, if I just had a bunch of guys that kind of had the same stuff, it just wouldn't have that same impact if that made sense. So Makes I sense. decided to kind of, and, and he didn't want to be known, but shout out to my guy, John, um, who, uh, who played an implement, who played an intricate part in choosing some of these guys and, yeah. and, you know, having on the list and David, you're on that list, man. So, um, so we wanted to make sure that these were some of the best dealers and not just on the sense of how much in volume cards. and cards and how much in overall, uh, like, hey, I have $10 million in cards in my showcase. We wanted guys that actually knew how to deal, who actually were able to turn over different, whether that's a football card, whether that's a basketball card, wh whatever it may be. We wanted guys that was a bit of a mix um, that were able to turn over and guys that were known to make deals at shows. Because, again, you're a dealer, so you're supposed to make deals. You're not a museum curator guy. So you're, <laughs> you're supposed to technically make deals for the show. And then, of course, the big part was – to make sure that money was at the space. And that was probably our biggest, uh, our biggest curation of, of the show was the fact that, hey, look, this person may be great in future shows, but at the moment, we just want to make sure that it's kind of the best of the best, at least for this first show. Listen, I, I, I can add several points to that too. I'm sure that like, not only did you want dealers who would actually, you know, engage in selling and trading and buying, of course, but I'm sure, you know, a good hobby standing, like, you know, of people who might have nice cards that might not have had the best personalities or could have been confrontational that might not have worked out. So I'm sure that that process to whittle down thousands of, you know, relevant dealers to a handful, 50, even a hundred, I'm sure that's a time and a lot of effort. So we, sure. I, I appreciate it. Like when John had approached me and I, I'd known John from the Dallas show for like 
the last year, 18 months of that time. He was very nice about it. He's like, hey, man, listen, like, we're doing this. Why don't you come? I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, why not? I flew out from New Jersey for this show, not on a whim because I knew you and I knew it would be great. I had the expectations I had for the show were so far blown away ba- ba- based on um, what actually happened. I, the second I knew the Ontario show was happening, I booked my flight at my hotel. And I can tell you one thing as well. I'm going to go every show I can, as long as it's not Valentine's Day weekend or Super Bowl weekend. So I don't get in trouble on either, or uh, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to love that experience. My guy. Well, I appreciate that. And again, it, it was a huge intricate part of, growing the shows. And again, it's growing pains. I'd like to say all the time, we're a startup company. So we're always making these mistakes, right? Uh, And one of the things that I wanted to implement uh, leading up to Ontario, and then of course to Anaheim was our wait list was so big, right? And, and leading up to the first show, I started to realize that my vision for having this exclusive type of show was not going to be Burbank, because of the fact that we are, our expectations for the show was just a local Southern California, maybe max like a regional show. Mm-hmm. So I hear it all the time, guys, you know, like, oh, Burbank's the West Coast National, Burbank's this, Burbank's that. When in reality, we really just wanted to do something in Southern California, right? And 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 it was the craziest thing because leading up to it, um, I could get into it later on, but we really just had this vision of having a show in Southern California. There was no vision of being the biggest and the best and this and that. We, we really just wanted to cater something for our area, right? And as time progressed, we just realized, okay, it, we definitely underestimated this. And that's why, uh, and, and guys like yourself, right, David, like guys that are literally across the country. And, and I've realized that, you know what? We can't just make this a West Coast show. It has to be something that's open. And of course, we still have programs and systems that is in place to pick the right dealers. But at the same time, uh, we have more of a space uh, for those who are um, really trying to become that dealer. Listen, I, Kai, do you want to jump in too? I feel kind of guilty that I've kind of like sucked up all the questions. (laughs) You're good. I have a thought. So one thing we talk about a lot is like, how the shows kind of have poor social media presences these days. I mean, the national looks like it's like the 1980s when they post stuff, but you guys did that whole like committed thing when a dealer would say they're going to go to the show. I mean, what kind of, how did you come up with that? Like, have you gotten good feedback from that? Like your socials? Yeah. So uh, a little bit of a cheat code. Uh, My background is in graphic design. I knew it. I knew you had a marketing or something. So like, it's the funniest thing. And I'm glad you brought that up, Kai, because Again, as a dealer, right, you go to these shows and no disrespect to any other promoter, but I'd like to say I've earned this right to say this, but literally as you pay for it, you pay for a table and there's no sort of marketing for the dealers, right? There's none whatsoever. So um, we've decided, you know what? These guys are paying top-notch money to come to these shows, right? And we decided, you know what? Let's have our own type of commitment within within uh, within the not just the show but just for the dealers in itself so for the first show we had basically a one templated situation yep. and um, we basically put the lo- the logo on that one small template but for Ontario uh, David's actually showing it right now um, it's kind of like an album cover if you will yes. so so like if you had like it had committed it had Burbank very small and then it had the location pretty small on the right side and it was just all that company it was just pretty much okay look this is the company this is what they're doing and then I didn't charge anybody extra if they wanted to kind of change it up or, you know, if they wanted to add a video. So if David wanted to have a quick little video on there, I, I didn't really charge anyone extra for that. It was just kind of more of like, hey, it just makes our website and our Instagram look good. And I wasn't lying to you guys as well. And I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, that that uh, perception is everything in this game. And, and I wanted to make sure on top of the graphic design background I have, I have a corporate background in marketing. So um, I used to work with Nike uh, in the early stages of my life. And, and I kind of knew that these companies had marketing budgets for shows as well as other things. So we kind of already wanted to have that big boy, big show type of feel. Um, <laughs> we already uh, had it to where it's like, okay, look, now these brands know what they're going to get uh, with the sponsorship that they're providing, whether that's financial, whether that's servicing. So we wanted to already kind of create that, that vibe that we were a big show. 
Um, and since then, man, since then I've seen some other shows, uh, um, you know, work with it and all that good stuff. I had one show promoter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put him on a, on the spot, but he did ask me what filter I use for the commitment post. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, we, we just wanted to make sure we were kind of above it. And, and again, like a lot of people tend to look at other shows and they're like, Hey, look, that's what this show's doing. That's what Kai's show's doing. That's what David's show's doing. I'm looking at other shows. I'm looking at complex con. I'm looking at comic-con i'm looking at all these other shows that are outside of our category um and it's really really helped us kind of separate ourselves from everybody else yeah, the first one dude once again and, and while you were talking i scrolled through that entire page there's not like one or two you probably had at least 100 or 200 unique posts yeah. for all your dealers i yeah. just got to the first show as you were talking about it yeah, and, and yeah. Again, you guys absolutely fucking crush this because I see even now some other shows try to emulate this, but they don't achieve it. They yeah. they want the idea and it looks okay, but you guys are the trendsetter. And, and let me make sure I put this out there. This is not sponsored. No, no one's asking us to do Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we're no. giving credit <laughs> where it's due, just like how I like Car Ladder because their work is so good, or Kai's consignment service with Joku because it works, or DC if you have quantity and quality. Like if you make a good product and you do something good, you deserve to hear praise about it. And right. the the marketing side is the is the key thing. And I have I'm very passionate about this too, because I, I work in marketing at my he at is. job. And to see someone who actually has that knowledge and bring it into a hobby, sports cards is a very older, slow growing industry when it comes to adapting. Dude, right. up until last year, maybe two years ago at this point, the Dallas Card Show website looked like it was from 1948. Like, I'm pretty sure that if I connected to it back then, I got like an AOL dial up uh, signal. So <laughs> the fact that they actually have adapted to the real world, and so have you guys, especially. I would, I would call you guys the trendsetter, especially on the advertising and marketing front for everyone else to pay attention to. Right. And I will say this about, about Dallas. Uh, you know, Leo has done an incredible job. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, I, and, and Leo knows this. I hate that guy's guts, man. That guy is annoying. But outside of that, man, he's a great dude. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing I love about Leo is, is, is he saw that as an opportunity to, to activate that at, at the Dallas show, which is a very – uh, it's, it's our, it's pretty much our kind of our middle ground show, right? Um, every two months, uh, that we all kind of congregate, David, I always see you at the show. Yes, sir. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, those are great guys, Ruben, Kyle. Uh, but going back to what you said earlier, um, you know, I will, I'll, I'll plug Joku. So, so, um, I didn't even know, I, I saw Joku on a, on an episode that you guys did. I didn't even know you and Kai, uh, Kai you were partners with Joku. I didn't know that. So um, Kai, you want to film so, in? What I love about Joku or his episode or just like he, he was like one of the first dudes I actually followed on Instagram. Right. Oh, wow. And and the one thing I, I love and correct me if I'm wrong about just not just him, but just folks, they're just not as selly. Like, I don't like guys that are like, David, come to my show. My show's the best. Like, I'm going to be really frank with you guys. David, I asked sponsors maybe at most twice. And then oh, after that, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll tell Rob. I'm like, Rob, that's that's either your call or I'm I'm out. Like like PSA, I have a great relationship with PSA now. They're incredible partners of ours. Um, I hope they don't get mad when I say this, but when our first show happened, I had a meeting with them, and they literally kind of. And now they they told me that the guys the guys gone now, but. I talked to the head guy who was the yay or nay of being a part of the show. And I was like, look, PSA, this is the back, you know, this is the backyard of PSA. Like, you know, and, and people thought, okay, well you have the Burbank brand, right. That it's going to be easy. And at times it is, it is a bit easier than other shows, but I'm going to be honest with you. We, if anything, we work hard, if not harder to get these sponsors. Um, and the thing is with a company like PSA, they have to approve the budgets. They have to do this, they have to do that. Yep. And the thing is, the PSA didn't really just they didn't see an ROI with it at the, at the first glance, and then it wasn't until the month before the show um, where they just decided, you know what, we'll 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 try it out, right? Yeah, because, just for clarity, is this talking about the first show in August in Burbank itself, or is this yes, the, the first show? Yeah, so the first show, um, and the first show was such a huge success that we started dialogue with PSA which ended up being till this day, a great relationship. And uh, we're looking to partner with them for years to come. And, and the thing is with, 
like a lot of these going back to the marketing aspect is I, I see it not just in, in card promotion, but also in dealers, right? David is like, they're very selly. Like it's yes. very like card and uh, not card, a uh, car salesman where it's like, yo, <laughs> this guy is going to go off, bro. He's going to go off. And Kai, if you don't buy this car, dude, like you're going to lose out on this. And I'm just like, like it, that to me, like personally, I'm not going to speak on, um, you know, you speak on my behalf. I agree with you all the hundred percent. But it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, like, oh, why are you doing his show, bro? Or why are you doing this? Or why are you doing that? I'm just like, I feel like, you know, one of my good friends who's, who's, uh, who's a very successful musician. I remember he said this when he first started and now he's, he's a producer for some of the biggest acts in music today right and he said this when we were like in his garage just hanging out and him doing beats and i remember he said this he said if you're good people will come like if you're good people will know who you are like you don't have to be over selly you don't have to you don't have to um be you know hey like i'm the top dealer in new jersey so you're gonna have to like put me in a good spot like like i feel like if you're good then people will not only know who you are and if you're consistent it's just kind of like, that's kind of how my career ended up, right? Where I started to realize like, you know what? I'm going to just put my head down. I'm not going to worry about anybody else. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then it's cool. And that's how it happened, David. Like just the ability to kind of have that tunnel vision. And like, I think it helps because my bar isn't looking at this show. Like my bar isn't looking at this other show that's happening in you know, Massachusetts or in New Nashville York or, this, or, or Nashville or whatever. Um, for me, it's like, what is ComplexCon doing? What is San Diego Comic-Con doing? What is, like, what are these guys doing? Because these guys for sure are doing it right. Yes. And and that's how I kind of raised the bar looking at it on the back end instead of looking at what so-and-so is doing. Yes, I get a lot of inspiration from other promoters and I got mad love for, for promoters because it's probably one of the hardest jobs in the world. But at the same time, um, there is somewhat of a of a pride issue that, that's going on in, in a sense of promoters and things like that. And it's, it's very hard to kind of sway that away on my end because number one, I'm a dealer first, right? So I love to deal cards. I love to buy, sell, and trade cards. Some of these promoters don't even collect cards <laughs> and it's the toughest thing to kind of watch and um but you know outside of that the biggest thing that i i think I'm, I'm trying to push here is like if you're good and you work on your own thing and you do your own thing then you know all this will kind of work out it'll kind of work onto itself the sponsors will come to your shows the, the right dealers will come to your shows you'll attract those dealers to come to your shows you answered a lot of the questions i would have if i was someone who was starting out a show one thing I'm curious about, and Kai, you can jump in too before I like really get into this deeply. So obviously there are plenty of shows across the country. It feels like right now, though, we're kind of in a little bit of a lull. I know Midwest Monster at the time of recording was last week. So this yes. episode is being recorded on Wednesday, uh, the 14th. It's not launching until the 21st, so apologies. Um, but now, in between that uh, Chicago uh, Midwest Monster, I'm sorry, and the next Dallas show, there's nothing. But also at the same time, there are shows that very much compete with each other. I can tell you for a fact, I know Nashville has said outwardly they want to go against Dallas. And like they'll schedule times like either right before or even during the show. What are your thoughts as, you know, someone who is in that world of setting up and establishing shows? Do you wish there was more communication between between other shows? Do you want there to be? Is it just a pride thing where it's like, hey, my dick is bigger than yours. I can make sure my show's better. And like, fuck, everyone else doesn't want to go here. Like, what do you What do you think about that? So, you know, I, I'll be the first one to admit I do have a competitive nature. You know, I'm, I'm very competitive as well. Our first show, we actually competed against the New York National. If that, if oh, that show sucks. Well, yeah. well, I'm just kind of speaking verbatim yeah. on the first show. Shout out David right there. But, uh, and then the second show was actually uh, one, of my, uh, one of my good buddies now is, um, is, uh, is the Denver show. And that show was, was actually a very good show. They have a show coming up next week. And it's the funniest thing because the the promoter of that that show, uh, Mike Friedman, him and Rob actually have thirty plus years of friendship. And um, it wasn't until recently at Dallas where we had dinner at um, at Hudgets, shameless plug here, Hudgets, the best barbecue spot in, in Dallas. Um, That's a list. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we were at Hudgets, and uh, and Mike told me he's like. 
dude, I had a problem with you doing the show at the same time as I did. And I was like, Mike, with all due respect, I didn't know who you were. <laughs> like, with all due respect, Kai, like, we're paying a deposit with the Marriott at Burbank, which is nearly six figures. We're not worried about the guy who's doing the show elsewhere. We're Sounds worried not about, anymore. like, yeah, we're not worried about that. And I don't, I don't mean to be that guy where it's like, hey, we have priorities, but like, at the same time, the other token of my end is I feel like our industry as a whole, whether, you know, now mind you, if it's like a small city, okay, fine. But our industry as a, whole, as a whole is pretty big enough to where we could house smaller regional shows at the same time. Of course. Now, the whole uh, Nashville show and, Bur and, uh, and the Dallas thing, I have heard about that. I don't. Uh, just for reference, I don't know the national guy personally, or nah, that's what he calls it. The national Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Fish, it's not Jeff Fish, that's someone, yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to him. You know, that's him. I've heard he, he has great shows too, but like, I feel like I, I don't know about the whole competing thing because, like, granted, if it's like okay, like, like we've had that situation, even on our I could talk about it now because Ontario happened, so yeah. our first, our first choice of the date for the Ontario show was actually the same time as Atlanta. Uh, no. was, uh, what's, uh, uh, uh Raphael show. yeah, yeah um, in Atlanta and, and it was my call to move it. We already had all the permits ready to go. We had everything ready to go. And, and again, for reference and, and, and to be really frank with you, me and uh prism man, uh, I don't, I don't like calling anyone a God, but, um, but, but, uh, answer, but it's not, it's not like, God, it's God. God. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, like we didn't really like, honestly, like we, you know, we, we didn't know each other. I, I'd like, that's me being nice here. Like we didn't know each other, but I knew Wiz, I knew Mike, I knew the guys. Yep. Um, and I just kind of knew, I was like, look, he's doing a great job in the marketing aspect. Let's move ours. Um, just because of the fact that, okay, look, it's not just doing it for him, but I'm doing it for the dealers that I've already committed to Atlanta. Um, and, and I just re realized, you know what, it's not really going to take now. We didn't know Super Bowl weekend up until we made that decision, but, but at the same time, um, there is ways where you can communicate in Southern California. We have, a uh, we have different guys that communicate on the regional scale. One of my partners, he does all the shows locally. So they, they communicate. I mean, you know, of course, everybody has different opinions of each other. But as far as communicating and working with each other, um, Southern California and even more of the West Coast, um, we do a good job of that. Um, the East Coast, it looks like the East Coast and Midwest and, and the, um, the South part of uh, the U.S., it looks like it's very free-for-all is what I'm seeing. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with guys in Florida um, and they like they basically told me like they have no sort of relationship with other promoters like and i'm just like how does that even work because you guys if you really understand the concept of finances you you probably i hate when people say this sometimes because it is a little bit corny but it's true there's a lot of money to go around whether that's in dealer payment uh, dealer uh, table payments whether that's in guest payments whether that's in sponsorships there's so money to go around but at the same time i get the whole um competitive nature of it but it you know the people that really lose out on this are the dealers or guys like yourself david and guys like myself who travel to go to these shows because now you're kind of caught in the bind with doing one show to the next and and then you're you're losing the, the traction because you could have got this dealer who could have purchased a uh you know a big deal at, at the uh, at the dallas show but instead he's at another show yep. so there's there's many different factors that honestly to be really frank with you i I don't really see a solution anytime soon unless we all kumbaya, right? And we're like, all right, we're going to do this at this day. We're going to do this at this date. Um, I, it's very controversial when I say this. I said this in another podcast. I think it's just a bunch of promoters that are very amateur hour right now. Um, and it's sad that, that, that we have to come to that, but it's a lot of pride right now. There's a lot of that. And um, a lot of those guys, it's going to be very tough to, to stay in business when, when the whole working out of, dates uh, isn't even a part of the traction. I mean, Kai, you want to jump in? Because I think we're going to have the same question here. Well, I kind of, you can jump in because I have a different question kind of to follow up after. So you go first. Okay. I'm going to ask about like, just 
so there's no actual solution to this. So dealers are going to be going to whatever they can. I have friends, dude. I'm sure you know Tyler, Hot Corner, or even Nady All Star, who will like travel to multiple shows on the same weekend. Sure. Even Ryan, Car Collector too. He's done it. First off, major props to them. That sounds fucking awful. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can't do that. In my hotel room for three days if I can. Like get three hours of sleep if if I'm lucky, and you know go home and then be miserable. But I guess what it comes down to really is. Not even the expansion and growth of your show, because, I mean, let's call it what it is. In my opinion, the Burbank show is the West Coast National. And you guys are running it two times a year, unless you unless you expand it to three. As far as I know, it's twice. And you're really just seeing this unimaginable growth. What do, what do you really project the next year is going to be like for you, if it was up to you? So we're maxing it at two. Okay. Um, for Burbanks, and um, I am toying the possibilities of, uh, quote unquote, um, doing various uh, other projects in the next coming years. Um, I'll say this kind of as a uh, as an exclusive for you guys. We are already conversating with international. Um, you know, that's kind of where my head's at. And and again, like going back to the whole, there's no solution on it. Um, you know, it's tough. I remember I remember Ryan, seeing a Ryan at the last Dallas show, and he went to Dallas, and then he went to the Panini event in L.A., and then he came back Sunday. And I'm That's like, how do you do that? Like, the airport alone, I mean, unless this man is pri- flying private, you know, like secession style, like maybe, I don't know. Like, he has a, he has more money than all of us. He, he owns Card Collector, too. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm so you know, sorry. I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You, you know, you, you've underestimated the man's pockets, but – at the same time, you know, guys like Nady, Tyler, and, and guys that are switching from back and forth. I know guys that are flying into shows Thursday now, Thursday, and then Friday morning, they hop back on the airport, and then they go to another show. Um, so it's a bit tough. Um, but as far as the overall growth of Burbank and uh, just kind of just the show in general, I think the biggest thing that – the biggest word that I see is trust, right? And, and again, I'm a dealer myself, so I – I understand and I also appreciate the value that is understood from the dealer spending the money. And I'm not just talking about our table fees. I'm talking about the cost to get into Burbank or get into Anaheim. It's the, the hotels that you have to book, food, everything right? the food. Um, and I've seen you guys eat, man. You guys eat, you guys eat well, you guys eat well. Sorry, I don't know um, what you're talking about. I'm too poor to pay for uh, that high-quality L.A. food. I'm stuck with my yeah, man. You know, I mean, we got shameless plug. We have Morton's and, uh, and Lowry's, you know, walking distance at the Anaheim Convention Center. So That's there cool. it is. Um, plus Disneyland's right there. Um, oh, and then outside of that, you're spending money on showcases. You're spending money on this. And, yes, it is a tax write-off if you're a legitimate business. <clears throat> wink, wink for some of you guys there. But at the same time, I think – beyond the financial i think the time is really key here david you're coming from new jersey yep and that alone is a three-hour flight no it's six no no six hour flight sorry six hour flight minus three hours so you lose you technically lose oh no no, you gain three hours depends on what i'm flying i can tell you right now i can tell you right now for reference my flight to the uh, anaheim show i'm getting in wednesday afternoon because fuck it why not and i'm taking a red eye Sunday night into Monday morning because it's Labor Day. Because in my mind, Thursday is actually going to be good for the show because either VIP access or just people showing up in general. And right. then Sunday because it's Labor Day, it's probably going to be pretty busy. Actually, yeah, we expect so, it to be three X of what uh, Ontario was. Um, and and the know. thing is, is that outside of that, like now again, like I love seeing everybody. Outside of just running shows, the fact that I get to see all my buddies, because again, 90% of my friends are in this industry now. So I get to see all my buddies and selfishly, I get to hang out with these guys. But outside of that, you do lose time away from your family. You lose time away from your business, especially the, the, the shops that close their shops to come to our shows. Um, or they hire their staff exponential hours to do our shows. I think of that. That's kind of on the chip of my shoulder. It, it's kind of even in Anaheim now where that's kind of a priority to me over the sponsors because the sponsors are going to be there. Right. It's more of the dealers now that I'm like, like I have to overly market this locally and also within our industry, just because of the sense that look, 
um, even international. We have a great amount of international folks that are coming from Anaheim. There's guys that are actually going to the national and they're spending the whole month in the U.S. Guys from Ch Taiwan, China, Philippines, Australia, uh, Germany. Shout out Germany. We have 10 dealers from Germany coming to the show. Um, is it soccer breaks or something? I, I met them. soccer breaks and uh, and uh, shout out uh, Helge and shout out Luke. Luke's from London. Uh, they're uh, they're partners there. And then soccer breaks uh, uh, UK. They're also yes. from, uh, those are your guys. I met them at uh, at Ontario. They were super yeah, good dudes. But like those are guys I'm thinking about too because like they spent a whole month out of their lives to come to the national and to our show. That's crazy. So like, I feel like, I feel like, damn, like, I feel like I'm like the gatekeeper of like them either having a great time or them like, damn, <laughs> that was like a waste of time, you know? And, and Kai, to be really frank with you, I love our industry, but once Sunday hits in Dallas, like I'm gone. Like I'm, I'm out. Like, I don't even see David there Sundays. No, I never like, and I'm David, a, like, I have David, a vendor. I just feel like, David, when are you coming in? And David's like, I'm out Saturday, dude. Like, it just doesn't make any, like, to me, that to me is like, I know guys are like card as life right now, but for myself, I have, I have a lovely wife. I have a, I have a life outside of this too. How and dare I just you? realized like, there's so much more that you can do. And that's why I'm just so much appreciative that folks are flying out to my shows. It's still so unreal to me. And I know like there's the hype of it and there's the, there, there's the, the, the stigma and the standing and the reputation of the show now. But even then I'll wake up and I'll get so, an email and it'd be like, yeah, this is somebody from Korea that wants to come to your show. And I'm just like, like, I don't even want to go to McDonald's, like, like across the street. Like, <laughs> so it's insane to think about, but it's also very humbling. Right. And I think that's what kind of puts me in perspective a little bit and kind of takes away from the whole Sully aspect of it too, uh, because of that. So you kind of answered this, but I was just wondering um, when it goes into the thought of scaling and planning out for the next months or year, whatever it might be, how do you balance the frequency of a show? So something like Dallas where it's every other month or quarterly or whatever with like having a premium feel that's like once or twice a year, like the national or whatever you're doing. Like how do you balance that when you're planning? So again, speaking for ourselves here, we wanted it to be a premium show just because of the budgets that we have allocated from our sponsors as well as our budget on our on our end. So there was no there was no point of us doing a regional show or even a smaller show. Now we're not taking that away for in the future, but at the same time, our staff is very, very small at the moment. So it's it's a bit hard to thin yourself out when EJ's doing this and Jay's doing this and Rob's doing this. So that was kind of more of a decision based on our team. Now we are kind of shameless plug here. We are growing our team. So if any of you guys are in uh, Excel or graphic design work, hit me up. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of more of it's based on interests, right? It's based on. I'll speak on it on a dealer perspective where if you see Otani doing well, you're going to buy more Otani. If you if you see Zion not doing as well, then you're really just not going to buy. You're, just, you're setting me up right there just to knock that out of the park. So. <laughs> I mean, Dave's, Dave's buying it at like 40% comp. No, right? I, wouldn't. I would not buy a Zion card right now at 30% comp. <laughs> I, I did not that's want a Zion. No, that's not a lie. First off, because those comps, by the time I get that card, are, are going to go down another forty percent anyway. Because that porn star is going to leak like more messages about him. I really yeah. haven't tried to make my, my intro about that because yeah, uh, yeah. you know the, the twenty nineteen uh, NBA draft class is somehow fucking up historically. I can't wait for that thirty for thirty in about twenty years. Darius Garland is the and, best player in that draft right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that he's healthy and not pulling guns or banging strippers like, at the end of it all kobe white will be the greatest player in that class no that's, that's <laughs> he's like 2017 or something nah, no kobe white's that year yeah he's that year you don't know yeah. you don't know your basketball dave <laughs> to be fair i'm pretty sure that kobe white doesn't know basketball either at this point so. uh, but yeah no i mean what i'm Definitely. really just trying to say is that uh you know when you talk about scaling it's just really based on interest um uh i was gonna say something i didn't want to say but you know there's other shows out there that uh <laughs> that I'm very surprised that they would scale up. And I'm just like, I'm really confused because I, I'll put the name, I'll put a name to it. If you want, I don't get yeah, Like, I'm just like, uh, okay. But again, like everybody does business different, right? Like everybody's so different in this that I'm just like, okay, cool. 
Um, and even even us, like we were very scared um, when we decided, you know what, let's do two floors because initially we were only going to do that one floor. And it was kind of more of an executive decision, uh, decision and myself and, and my other partner, Jay, that we decided, you know what, let's just go all out. And sure enough, as as uh, as we speak, I'm looking at our table roll and we're just like, yo, that was probably the greatest decision we made. Just, just on a sense not. of like just in a sense of like, man, like our sponsors alone is going to take over that first floor. Um, and now we, we, and again, it, it wasn't cheap, but at the same time, having that space compared to the first show was very big for me. Um, and you know, there's guys that, uh, you know, in our industry, guys, uh, don't really, uh, shower as much, you know, it's not really a priority. So we wanted to make sure at the very least there was some space for guys to kind of congregate outside of just, you know, the typical elbow space. So thank you for teeing that up perfectly. So you actually sent this over to us earlier today. This is your actual like real floor plan of mm-hmm. the show coming up in in uh, two months, give or take. So we actually have the ability to look at this together. And based on the conversation, the first floor right here on the left-hand side is the corporate sponsors, your Pokemon, your TCG, your Yu-Gi-Oh, the One Piece guys. I'm sure there's at least one of them who's going to be there. Right. And then on the, on the right hand, you have – the sports card people, which are going to be on the second floor. Uh, looks like it's already getting packed here. Kind of crazy. So Yeah. And we haven't even opened this to the public yet at the time of recording. Um, and oh, we shit. wanted to make sure that um, that some of our uh, – we ha- I don't even think we opened it to our returnings yet. Um, so, um, uh, you know, again, that this is kind of more real time here. But the fact that that's already kind of closing out in the front and, and kind of getting that traction – it, it, it in in about like an hour or so i mean it, it's kind of insane so that is, that is so i mean we're very proud of that and um you know i i texted rob and rob gave me the go to have korean barbecue tonight so um it looks like we'll have a great time but at the same time uh and i think answering the same question with uh, what you had with uh, the question you had kai was uh, you know, it, that, these are kind of variables that you have to look at in scaling your business, whether that's a card show, whether that's a card shop, whether that's buying at shows. Uh, you have to look at the interests. You know, numbers don't lie in the game. And, and we looked at our ticket sales. It was kind of an easy equation for us uh, moving to Anaheim. Number one, I selfishly wanted to move there uh, just because it's kind of a dream situation for me. But at the same time, um, the bandwidth of our ticket sales alone merited moving so even if we, let's just say on verbatim, if we were to have a 400 table show in Anaheim, it still would have reflected our ticket sales to justify at the very least that one floor in Anaheim. Wow. That's fucking wild. Yeah. I mean, once again, you have to earn it and you guys clearly have. I don't know, man. I, I am so like blown away in such a great way because – this is what people aspire to. If you're running a show or you have any interest in, in running a show, this is the North Star because the national is the national. And like that is the S tier show. But you're right. doing basically everything you possibly can to be right there. Right. And, and the, the way that I've described and the way that I think most people would, would have the conversation unless you're inflating your table numbers is by those tables because right. you know Dallas might have X and Nashville might have Y. And you have Z, but like you kind of can understand the scaling of how successful a show is based on the number of tables. But you know, you got to make sure you don't have shit. You know, right. you have a thousand tables here, like actually a thousand tables. And I guarantee you, the quality there, your average table is going to be better than the, than most small shows, like under hundred tables, which is wild. Right, right, and again, it goes back to the quality of. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not it's not any secret. Our 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 tables aren't cheap, you know. So we wanted to make sure that uh, you know our our tables were somewhat premium compared to other shows. And and again, I will break that down. So at six hundred dollars a table for eight foot table, we still we pay for the permits. So we have to pay the permits for each uh, vendor that is showed up to the city of Anaheim. Um, and, uh, I can't disclose how much that is, but, uh, in terms of, uh, PNL, it definitely swindles quite a bit. So I'd like to say that our partners is the city, right. That we work with. Um, and then on top of that, I don't know if you guys have experienced this in the East coast, but, uh, in Vegas and in other shows, you actually have to fill out a tax form 
um, in that tax form, you have to clarify how much you made at the show. Um, now, we do have great relationships with the city officials um, out in the cities that we're doing shows at. So instead of going through each and every dealer, we just decided to allocate that cost and pay for that. That way, it's a seamless experience for you guys to just fly in, um, you know, do the business, do what you guys got to do, set up, and then head out. Um, I've never even heard of that before. I mean, I've never gone to Vegas anyway. Dude, if someone tried to make me fill out a tax form for a show, I'd be like, I made no money, and my name is Kai, and I live at this address. I would just that, lie. That I was the last uh, last Vegas show. I literally made no money. So I ended up buying quite a bit to, you know, justify the show. Uh, but the show was not was, was so bad that we actually didn't make anything. And the, that's the promoter. The promoter came up to me and was like, hey, you need to fill out your tax form. And I was like, I made zero dollars. Um, I could go ahead and call my accountant right now and he could tell me not to fill that out. <laughs> That's so, pretty boldly. Also, is Vegas still doing a show? Because I, that is such a tough sell for anyone under the age of 21. Yeah. And then you can't break sure. down with family too. So that's, that's yeah. a really hard sell. It's hard, man. I mean, full disclosure, I live in Vegas, right? And I oh. love the city of Vegas. And, uh, you know, again, that was the conversation when people found out that I moved to Vegas was a lot of the promoters thought that I was, or the promoters out here and outside of Dan Bliss of Front Row, I don't really speak to anybody else. I know Dakota has the Las Vegas show. I don't think he's doing it right now, but, um, but outside of that, there's these smaller tier guys that are doing shows and you know, those guys, right? These older dudes that are doing shows, been doing it for 35 years. You know, those guys, um, yeah, those guys. And, and, you know, the conversation was like, oh, EJ is going to do the show and, and I've always said this, I love Vegas, but it's not home. It is not Southern California, not at all. It's, yeah. it's cheaper, yes, and I moved here for that sake. I actually moved here because I was in web development. Um, I had a web agency, a web design agency for about four years. And um, uh, in 2021, I ended up selling that company. I'm sorry, late 2021, I ended up selling that company. And uh, my accountant, shout out my accountant. You got, you guys got to have a great accountant when you're in. I got TurboTax, man. They, uh, they do all for me. Well, shout out TurboTax too. Yeah. I was doing TurboTax before my accountant stepped in. Um, but my accountant had told me, hey, you probably should move to Vegas. And, uh, you know, I have family out here. Um, so it was kind of an easy decision. But uh, outside of that, man, uh, you know, it's just tough to do shows where, number one, it's, it's majority union, right? And number two, there's just not enough money in the city of Las Vegas compared to Southern California. It's just not it. I will be the first one to say it. Um, you know, there's shows that are out here that are more industry-based shows like Mint Collective, which does well in a sense of corporate B2B. But as far mm -hmm. as the buying and selling and trading card show standpoint, it's just very hard. Now, I'm not ruling that out because I might, I may, I may decide, you know what, I may decide to stump myself in my own opinions and uh, bring the right sponsors involved and do a show out here. But at the same time, compared to Southern California, it's no comparison. Interesting. I mean, I want to ask card questions now, Kai. Do you have anything else you want to add about shows before I jump into like cards? I'm good on shows. I think we hit a lot of it. it yeah, really I, I'm tired of talking about shows. No, man. why are you? I have, first off, I'm how, way tired. We'll talk about cards. <laughs> how dare you talk about the show, which is why I wanted you on anyway, because first off, you offer such a unique perspective. How dare you do that? Let's talk cards from there. So your show is the end of August, like literally uh, August 31st, I think to like September 4th. So you are yep. like right at the end of the preseason for the NFL. So I'm, I'm teeing you up right here. What do you think is going to sell most of your show? So full disclosure, I'm a basketball guy. You know, that I know you I'm are. straight up basketball, but the one guy that I've heard in Southern California that a lot of guys are actually like, yo, we need to pick him up pretty quick right now is Trevor Lawrence. I know it's scary. Our last few shows, dude, it's been like, do you have Trevor Lawrence? Do you have Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. We have yeah. that one kid. I'm not going to say his name. We have that one kid. That's a big Desmond Riddler fan. Who's just random. Man, that's me. Oh, it's no, I'm just kidding. No. He's just like, a fan, dude, he's so I am a Desmond Riddler guy. I think he, um, he had a very, very strong holding of um of uh oh it was a uh, freaking uh otani and he realized like you know what otani's market has this is this is his opinion here um if you're I watching like it. you know who i am 
But he's like, Otani's market has capped. I, I bought these cards in 2020, and I already made my money. So he sold some of his rarest Otani cards. I think he got rid of them at PWCC. And all like I say 80% of that money he like put into 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 Desmond Ritter. Like it was like wild. His That's showcase insane. was filled. His showcase was filled with straight color variations of like, I'm like, yo, like, and, and he has a whole bunch of like different autos. And, and I'm just like, you would probably think to put it in one strong hold. Nah, dude, he diversified it as fuck. He decided to like put it on penny stocks and like decided to like put it like he put maybe like 20k in this dude that's and uh, i know there's another guy that's smart put 20K in, in no one no kind uh, that's, that's another conversation for another day <laughs> but yeah i Trevor like this Lawrence guy is the hottest guy right now that i'm seeing in southern california as well as in the west coast it's so dude it's so scary i mean you you said it yourself you're not into football much but i'll give you like a quick summary like it really unfortunately comes down to like five or 10 quarterbacks and then the rest of the football market does not fucking matter. It is really, really sad. Right. Right. And, and, um, San Francisco uh, 49ers quarterback. I totally forget the guy's name. Yeah. Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. The issue with him though, was like his best products are not out yet because, uh, the release schedule is so ass backwards right now, man. Like NT is still not out for football. Flawless is not out. Uh, I think Select just launched, which is a decent Select one. literally just came out, yeah. Yeah, like as of recording. So the right. was like I do have an insider in front of that. So one of my good buddies, he um he once worked at Panini football. Now he's okay. at the dark side, as I like to call it. And um he told me before he left that um that they were pushing on getting all the football stuff released. Um, the problem was there actually has been some problems with getting the quarter. Uh, I don't want to say quarterbacks here, but the uh, the the players to sign. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a so, you problem because uh, you should kinda, not. Be I kind of I kind of leaked it on which position, but uh, if you were to do if you were to go back a couple uh, um, seconds, you you'd know which position. <laughs> Well, to be fair, once again, and, and this is something that uh, Ken and I, Shy Town Sports Cards, literally just talked about because I recorded the episode yesterday with him. Um, there's too many products. There, there really just truly is. Fanatics does not give a fuck. Panini does not care at this point. I don't blame them for not caring. I, I don't, I, dude. If I was an athlete, if I was a pro athlete, I wouldn't sign shit. Like I would be the redemption in every product ever. I would never sign. I really don't. I really, honestly, I'm all for uh, Bryce Young, CJ Shroud, and Will Levis being Fanatics exclusives. I don't sign shit this year coming up. Yeah, and, uh, they're all Fanatics guys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame them. Like there is too many products, and it's not worth their time or money to do it. Like I really don't feel bad. I, I, I understand why they don't do. It. Let me let me fix that statement. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like you're a Leaf guy, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, want straight up leave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, big old, uh, big old presidential but, uh, cuts. I do understand what you said, just because of the fact that I feel like there is too much autographs. Like, there's way too much. Like, I feel like I, again, I'm an old school '90s, early 2000s basketball guy, and like for me, it's like an autograph was like one per case, right, or like one per box. And sometimes that that auto was like Corey Maggette. <laughs> you know, just be like, fuck. And now I feel like it is still one per box, but like, there's so many variations. There's yep. so many different things that uh, that may alleviate a value of a player. And and again, the playing aspect of it plays a big part of the value, but also the color variations, the numbers, all that good jazz. And and it makes it fun, of course, for us dealers. But at the same time, there is a bit. It, it is a bit much. It is a bit much. Well, I think the worst example of this is like optic with the crazy shit they're doing, like emojis and like fire. Have you seen those? That's like, I've though. seen that. Yeah. No, they have it in football now too. They have it in football. God damn it! Hang Justin on. Fields yeah. and Trevor Lawrence's year has like some of those weird parallels. Yeah. And they have it in like Phoenix or something else too. Like who? No one that I know like is actively trying to find a Justin Fields rookie with oh my God, they do. emoji in the background. And, and again, like, my background is in branding and design. So I'm just like, yo, if that's like a case hit, like I'd be pissed off. Cause I'd be like, exactly. Yo, yeah. that looks like a five-year-old made it. Like no exactly, disrespect yeah. to anyone at Panini who's watching. No, no, fuck but like, I, I, They deserve I, it. Yeah. But like in my head, I'm like, 
like, okay, what, what was the case hit? Oh, Photon. You guys seen Photon where it's like a little like scribbly yeah. thing? I'm just like, that looks like an insert that like comes from like an extended pack that you get from a hanger box. Like a kid's like $5 yeah, like detail pack. Like I throw a dollar sh- train card right here. Just put fire emojis around it. It makes it go faster. Can you zoom in on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently not. Wrong way. No, uh, I do yeah, the wrong way. No, I didn't. Smaller. Yeah. You, you made it cooler. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, cooler. yeah. You made it look um, like a phoenix type of parallel. Yeah, I don't. So again, I, again, look. I, I think at the end of the day, too, I think we all have to put our hats on and be like, yeah, I think they're trying to reach the younger demographic too. But I'm sure we all know that the younger demographic is in a much more advanced standpoint. like when we were at that age like some of these kids are 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 monsters compared to us dude i didn't Uh, collect as a kid i got into 18 years old because i was playing madden and i said oh ultimate team is fun but like this is stupid like fun fact uh the reason why i named myself dynasty mode was because of um not madden but an nba live in order to play the uh the mode where you're controlling the team is called dynasty mode. That makes uh, sense. That's so awesome. my favorite game was NBA Live 06 when Tracy McGrady was on the cover and uh, love that album so much, or, or I'm sorry, the uh, the theme songs on the uh, on the game that I decided, you know what, dynasty mode's it. Plus yeah. I had 30 minutes to come up with an Instagram name, so that was it. Yeah, I somehow lucked into extraordinary cards. I don't know why, but that just, it, it clicked. Let's talk yeah. about the uh, 100 emoji. Oh, man, my George Brett, my fa- my favorite. This is this there's is, no way that's a real card. This is a real card, guy. Like I feel like my my next question would be like, how does the Brett family feel about these cards? <laughs> I hope yeah, they're just. I'd want to. I'd want to be removed from the product if that was my card. <laughs> I I mean. Bad love to me, guys. I love Pini so much. But like, they so make great, I'm a big wrestling fan, so they make great wrestling cards. But like, outside of that, I'm just like, that might be I hate to sound card. like this old guy, but I'm just like, man, something about like Upper Deck's design team just kind of murdered it. Even then, like back then, it was very cartoony too, right? It was very cartoony, like the flare metal. Uh, cards like the PMG, the PMGs were you know they're in space and things like that, but it was like actually like a cooler time. Like it was like it looked like it was like it was meant for that time, right? Um, I feel like in 2023, like I feel like the whole like minimalist Scandinavian look is like much more cool, like the noir, you like know, the NTs, the flawless. Sure. Excuse me, you don't like the US of A here, huh? No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Like, I know how the U.S. is shaped, bro. Like, Are you sure? <laughs> It'd be what? worse if it was like the U.S. and be like an Otani card. <laughs> that would be really funny. That, that might actually oh, be a God. thing. But like, that also, probably uh, is a thing. Fuck, all, fuck uh, Hawaii and um, I'm getting canceled. Alaska. <laughs> I like how those are not even part of that. We also, uh, oh my God, this is like a month or two ago. We, uh, we didn't really know about maps. Kind of struggled with that for a while. Oh, God. Oh, geography? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we struggled with geography and also basic reading comprehension on, like, the power like, Hornets history or some shit. I, um, I'm i really bad at literature and, and English and anything in general that deals with punctuation and all that good jazz. Um, so our first sponsorship deck, oh, I thank oh, God for Grammarly because oh, Grammarly changed the game for us here. <laughs> So fucking stupid. This is Wait, so what weird. is that? This is uh is that the hundred emoji? So that was yes. on that was the George Brett card too, but I, I couldn't. This dude's probably it. like deceased too, and they're just throwing this up. There. <laughs> the dude's probably deceased. He's very dead. <laughs> cool Papa Bell. I'm sorry. Jeez. What were you saying? I don't even know, you dude. All I saw was those hundred <laughs> yeah, emojis. He's quite dead, guy. Jeez. Oh my god. Eighteen hundreds. They got this man with the hundred emojis on the I, I want to know what his family thinks about this. Jeez. I could be wrong, but maybe the background is maybe like they 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 uh they chose an eight-year-old kid to design this card. Maybe we could be wrong here, guys. We could be wrong. Um uh, Nike, it's like a make-a-wish thing. Yeah, Nike oh Nike Time. did that with Dornbecker, David. You, you are going all sorts of wrong right now. That was an eight-year-old kid that designed that card. And my uh, my first trading card, guys. 
Uh, where, let me see one else that's really what presidential. Wait, watch all these spike, and in twenty years, someone finds his YouTube channel. We're pumping and dumping right now. Just like what the, the presidential? What? <laughs> I don't. Is like, that just a person's head? That I mean, that those are presidential heads, but like that's Lincoln up top. Who's Jacob Milton? A good question. Who was Cool Papa Bean or whatever his name was? A legend. Cool I'm sorry. I, probably, I will say this too. It's technically fucking. not a licensed card, so I'm pretty sure they're just kind of like, "fuck it, we're just gonna fucking let it ride." Print all the cards. Like I could imagine, I could imagine like the uh, the 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 boardroom meeting that they have. You're like, "All right, Kai, what's your idea?" Oh my! Fire God. emojis. Oh, that my. is that's the worst one. The this eyeballs. This is really bad. Yeah, I, I feel like we should probably do more research on this. I feel like this was like maybe like a make. They probably got someone in the boardroom who was on their phone texting, and they asked him for an idea. And it was they looked down and just saw the emojis. It's like, wait a second, Johnson, you have an idea here. Yeah, I got it. There's gotta be another. Let's find one more, and then we'll wrap this up. It's pretty cr- fish emoji. Hang on. <laughs> what the? They put I, fishes. I don't know. I'm a little afraid that this is a thing. Also, it's not even the fish emoji. That's not right. That's stupid. Like, I think whenever we run out of content, Kyle, let's just go look at Panini Baseball because they they don't really know what they're doing here. We'll do a case break. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can we actually – oh, EJ's gone. All right. (laughs) EJ got eaten by the fish. EJ is secretly a Panini Donruss producer. they uh they just cut the camera off on him and they're just like dragging him out as we speak. All right, listen, that's everything I have. Uh, hopefully, Matt Matt Chapman's fish emoji does not come into your nightmares tonight. So I apologize if it does. Just tell me in the comments. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for watching or listening. I'm gonna tell EJ not to rejoin because we're we're done. Uh, and and this is gonna launch on the 21st, so you'll you'll see us in a week or maybe not EJ. EJ might be gone. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Bye.